Why, hello there. It's good to be back as that's, you know, virtual, or I don't even know what to say, that the music. I know this one, Dan, so I'm proud of myself. It's a win. Very, very proud of that. And I, I couldn't find the intro to the new series, so I went with the old one because of all the places you want to be in the world, Westeros is not one of them. And depending on how this podcast goes, might be this might be this uncomfortability <laughs> in here. Um, well, it, it's great to be back for another pod uh, covering the Wannabe Superheroes League. As always, I'm joined with Mr. Daniel Weber and Mr. Nick Ruth. Dan, how are you doing? Uh, it's a rough day at work today, but we powered through. Uh, and now we get to have a couple cocktails and talk football as we get ever so close to having regular season ball back. One more preseason game to go. That's it. We're, we're That's so it. close. Good to go. Mr. Ruth, how are you doing today? I'm I'm alive, so that's always good. I can't complain alive. too much. That I have discovered like my property story. has a poison sumac, and I am covered head to toe in a rash and hives. So it's real fun. <laughs> hmm. uh, those moments in life where you realize that you're happy you're not somebody else. I, I'm at a loss for words. That's all right. That's what I'm here <laughs> for, just to put everybody in shambles. I I mean, I'm at a loss for words for Mr. Ruth and his predicament he finds himself in. But anyways, this week we got to recap the the draft. We have several trades we didn't even cover on last week's pod. Um, And yeah, I mean, that's pretty much going to be the the bread and butter of this week's episode. Um, Any last minute things from you guys before we jump on in? Um, Let's have some fun. All right, let's do some trades. We've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six trades. So some of them inconsequential, others, one of them, maybe, I'm sure we're going to talk about for quite a bit. Um, but let's start off with uh, the first one um, involved Zane and myself. And in this one, I sent Khalil Herbert, running back for the Chicago Bears. Zane sent uh, the second pick in the third round and the ninth pick in this third round. Um, of our draft. Um, I'll open it up with you guys. Um, since I'm involved in this trade, uh, what are your thoughts? I, I'll go initially with the, yeah. it, it's interesting trading for, you know, the backup guy. And there's some decent buzz for lack of a better piece to it. But it, it, a lot of it becomes in how much you trust the health of David Montgomery. Yeah. And he's going to get his fair share of carries just to try and take the weight off of Justin Fields. Yeah. But uh, so he was fifth in scrimmage yards and 10 touchdowns in 2020 with it. It had some obviously missed time in 2021 and everything, but he averaged, I don't know, he's running back 19 in PPR for two third round picks. Or I'm sorry, that's Montgomery. Look <laughs> at Khalil Herbert last year had probably one really flashy game. Well, yeah. and that was against Green Bay, which is a decent run defense, but I, I'm, I'm indifferent. Okay. I usually trade second rounds for backup running backs, so kudos to him for getting a better deal. There you go. Nick, uh, any thoughts from your end? Yeah, it's a, kind of a weird trade. Inner division, two teams competing. 
for a running back, which is kind of a scarcity. Zane gets a handcuff and probably a pretty good handcuff. You get early third and a late third. Um, minimal price to pay if you buy into Khalil Herbert's hype, but she has been getting a lot. Um, not to say that's much hype, but I'm a Bears fan, so I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Um, <laughs> you got some potential. Um, what the drafts, what the picks turned into really can't declare a winner because you don't know what's going to happen, but it's just a weird trade for two teams in a division, both fighting for it, kind of helping each other in some way. It can be, is it possible to do that? Can it be done? I don't think so. I don't think at the end of the day that that's anywhere where it is. I, I firmly believe there's, even at the very slightest, the winner and loser of every trade, there's no such thing as a straight square deal. Okay. Um, from my perspective, I mean, I do like Herbert a lot. I think he did flash a little bit last year, you know, when he had an opportunity, uh, but he's in handcuff. And, you know, if Montgomery gets injured and misses time, I think Herbert has a chance to really skyrocket in value. If he doesn't, well, he's probably going to stay at kind of just real fringy upside i don't think there's a world where herbert and montgomery are both relevant so i i liked a few players in this third round so i decided to roll the dice yeah all right uh let's move on to another one and i hogged a lot of these first few deals um i was back at it again and i was trading with stefan this time and i sent um jameson crowder and stefan sent the ninth pick in the fourth round of this draft um dan why don't you th- start us off with this one it's a depth play but it's a it's a could be an irrelevant depth play Jamison Crowder's probably not going to be he's definitely not going to be the starting first or second wide receiver I don't think um it'll be interesting to see if he gets some slot play which I think he would be exceptionally good at but anytime you get a an offensive piece for the man Josh Allen you have upside and if you can find connection and he can stay healthy, stay on the field, it's not bad, but he's a, he's a journeyman. He's been around. Been around the block. Nick, uh, do you have any strong thoughts on this one? Not really. You kind of just dropped a player for an elevated waiver. Yeah. Hard to argue with that. I mean, I think Crowder, as Dan mentioned, I mean, anyone in the Bills offense has potential because of Josh Allen. Um, so that's a possibility, but I don't know. For me, outside of Diggs, I think it's real crapshoot on what pass catcher is going to be relevant. So not that the, the ninth pick in the fourth round is going to be a world beater, but I think it's a swing and swing for the fences on an unknown. Chances oh. are this trade is trades irrelevant two months from now, but you never know. I mean, it very well might be, but at the same point in time, I mean, this is one one injury on the Buffalo offense from him being a contender to play. Oh yeah. Offense. Oh yeah. But at the definitely. end of the day, I mean, you could have you could have struck a random Tom Brady fantasy gold mine with that pick, but yeah, chances no, are it's not happening. Yeah, there's definitely upside for Stefan. Not trying to ignore that at all, but I think you know the upside is just uh, hoping a prayer. Yeah, hoping a prayer like a flex option, like best case, which. Serves purpose, don't get me wrong, but it's not the most exciting, like a Tom Brady Hail Mary lottery pick, but we'll see. Um, all right, last one for me. 
and this one involved myself and Steve, and I sent Deami Brown, wide receiver for the, the Commanders, and Steve sent the fourth pick in the fourth round of our rookie draft. Uh, Nick, why don't you start us off with this one? Yeah, I'm going to stand by what I said last time. You basically dropped someone for an elevated waiver position. Um, okay. They went first round wide receiver. They have already Scary Terry. Curtis Samuel's kind of hurt all last year. I just don't know if Brown's going to break in. He didn't really show anything. And you didn't give up much or get much. So it's kind of a myth. Damn. I like that. I like that you got the pick for this one. Like comparing the other two, I think this guy is even more relevant than what Jamison Crowder is, in in an offense where, yeah, Carson Wentz is there, but I just I'm not a big fan of the Washington offense, just all yeah. around. Even and I own Antonio Gibson in their league, by the way. I am very down in some of this offense, and I very much could be wrong if Wentz can come in and do something here, but. I don't like that he's wide receiver number four in a shitty offense. Hard to argue with that. I I loved him a lot last year coming into the the league. I thought he had a lot of potential uh, to maybe be that next wide receiver after McLaren, but eh, it just hasn't rolled his way. And, you know, wide receivers sometimes take time to develop, but my kind of philosophy is I'm going to cut loose on someone if they don't work out early at the wide receiver position. So, I'll roll the dice on a fourth-round draft pick. Hey, remember that one time where we shared a fantasy team and we dropped Devontae Adams after a second year because he sucked? Yeah, I mean, it definitely, like, I'm not saying it's a perfect strategy, but, um, yeah, I mean, I That know. was depressing. It wasn't <laughs> ideal, that's for damn fair. But, you know, I'd like to say matured a little bit i mean josh palmer i'm not dropping and he hasn't done great but i maybe he's gonna be my Devonte adams and i'll save myself but probably not um all right on that awful note let's move on to the next trade uh, and this involved another nick um mr ruth and jerry got together on a deal and nick sent joe flacco and jerry sent the third pick in the fourth round of the draft uh dan why don't you start us off on this um, correct me if I'm wrong, but was this made while we weren't sure what happened with Zach Wilson? Um, I believe, I don't think we knew for sure, but I believe it seemed heavily implied that he had dodged the ACL. Okay. So, so and we, so regardless, Patella piece to it, this is a, oh shit, my roster might be in deep shit. Um, yep. let me pick up the backup guy that's going to be there. Um, obviously Zach Wilson's going to miss a couple weeks. So Flacco is slated to start week one. So this makes Jerry playable, yeah. so to speak. But I've said it before and I've said it again. Joe Flacco is the worst fucking fantasy quarterback on the face of the planet because he does just enough to win a game, but it doesn't help any part of your fantasy stats. I, he's just a game manager. He's not going to turn the ball over, but he's not going to throw for 350 yards. With his, he played last last year. He played one game. Well, I'm gonna say one game against Miami. 24 for 39, 291 yards, two touchdowns, two rushes for three yards, sacked twice, and lost a fumble. 17 points. Sounds better than Zach Wilson. Uh, Too soon. 
I think that's too soon. I think it's very <laughs> just, much too, too soon. soon. But um, I it's it's a it's a it's a band aid to get you back to the guy that you hope is going to develop into the guy you you drafted where you did. Yeah. No, I mean I think it's kind of like the last two trades. I think this is a trade you know that it probably a few months from now like doesn't really impact things and move the needle. Um, Flacco. I agree with your assessment, Dan. I don't think he's a world beater. Um, don't think he's going to really do much of anything. Uh, but chances are the fourth-round pick is probably going to be the same thing. Um, but, you know, just because the fourth-round pick is the mystery box and it could be anything, I'll give the slight edge to that. Um, but also, it's kind of funny that Nick picked up Flacco and less than a day later, he, like, turned basically, what, 45 fab dollars into a fourth-round pick. That's Pretty solid. Uh, Nick, any thoughts from your perspective um, on the deal? Yeah, I was hoping when they went in there, maybe more was discovered was wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. I got an early fourth. And with my theory in fourths, I banked enough tight ends that hopefully one hits. It was a 37-year-old quarterback or whatever. Sure the fuck ain't going to help me. Probably oh, yes, 37. Look at that. Yeah, you crushed that. Nailed that. Bonus ones, you can tell me where I went to college. Without looking. Um, where did Flacco go to college? Let's... He went to Delaware, didn't he? Delaware yeah. is correct. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. Um, anything else, Nick, before we move on to the next one? Um, no, that's about it. Okay. Um, all right. Let's talk about a deal involving Stefan and Chris. And in this one, Stefan sent Kellen Munn and the 12th pick in the fourth round, Mr. Irrelevant of our rookie draft. And Chris sent the sixth pick in the fourth round of our rookie draft. Um, how does someone turn Kellen Mund into value is my only question here. Kudos to Stefan. Yeah, so Kevin dropped him nine days ago. Yeah. Probably longer since I did my spreadsheet. And then six days later is picked up and traded. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is what makes fantasy or dynasty fun. You get shitty players, like the last five trades. A shitty players, some picks, but people are negotiating trades and having fun. That's by far the best part for me for dynasty. Yeah, I, I had a question. What's I, that? I don't know. Um, I, I guess, I, I guess, I did. yeah, basically that's, it's the, it's the question of the teleprompter. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't fully understand it. Cause I don't, I don't think he's going to start over Nick Mullins. Well, and the trade didn't happen at that point. So Mond was still competing with whoever the fuck the other backup was. Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion. Um, so the, the yeah, the Mullins trade did happen after the fact. Um, but yeah, which, I, I, which goes to show certainly. you that there's no faith. In, in there, not. so this is this is a, for lack of a better term, dumpster fire. I would agree. Okay, I got my but, said my piece. I mean, thankfully, it's it's six slots, so I mean, I guess that probably this deal does or means nothing. Probably. Um, all right. Well, now we're gonna get to the probably the most interesting trade that we encountered um, so far, um, and that involved you two, which is fun. Um, in this deal, Mr. Nick Ruth sent Noah 
2023 third round draft pick, uh, $1 in fab, of course. And Dan sent a 2024 first round draft pick, that is Kevin's, and the fourth pick in the third round of the rookie draft. Um, I don't know if you guys, how you want to do this. If you want to say your thoughts and I can chime in or you want me to start, you guys tell me. Um, I can start. So, okay, let's hear it. Yeah, let, let him pod, start. Dan said he was competing. His starting yep. tight end was Hayden Hurst. Yeah. I had a remedy. I really wanted to <laughs> trade up to get um, Alec Pierce. So I inquired about that. And then I threw the Hail Mary of Noah Fant for a first in that. We negotiate a bit, and we ended up with this. So Dan gets a top 10 tight end who's 24. I know a lot of people are ragging on it because tight ends are after the top four or a crapshoot. His position really can't get worse. He was a top 10 tight end with Drew Locke. He still has Drew Locke and has less weapons around him to steal from him, arguably, I guess. I shed points. I get Kevin's 24 first, which with his age could be pretty early. So I yeah, I used my knowledge of Dan wanting to compete and having the worst tight end starter imaginable to my advantage. Did That's... it really burn him? No. He got, I don't know. It'll be a few years before we see, but this one you could almost see being a win-win. All right, for fun... Let's see what tight end you don't have in the top 10 to go with Fant. I'm assuming we'll agree that Pitts, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, and Dalton Schultz should be ahead of him. Do you agree or disagree with that assessment? That was a lot of names. Let me pull up. Um, You said Andrews, Kelsey, Pitts, yep. Waller, Schultz, Hawkinson, right? And Kittle. And Kittle. All right. I'd buy that. Okay. So then tell me just yes or no if Fant is ahead of these players in your book. Uh, Dallas Goddard. For the season or long term? Um, let's do for the season. I say Fant. Okay. Um, Pat Freermuth. Fant. Cole Komet. Cole Komet. Dawson Knox. Fant. Albert O. Fant. Mike Kosicki. <laughs> now that he's competing with Hill, probably Fant. Okay. So you're penciling Fant as a the eighth tight end? All right. Yeah, I think he could do it. I mean, look at the names you listed. Knox is probably target four or five. Fremuth, is he four or five? Yeah, three or yeah, maybe. Okay. Freermuth has Mitch and three wide receivers and a running back above him. Kasiki just got Tyreek Hill there. I mean, but I guess the, the, at the end of the day, like, yeah, you could talk about situations, but let's talk about fan situation. DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, run heavy offense with. Is it a Gino run heavy offense? I mean, tell you, your running course dead. Well, I mean, I think they're recovering, but Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. That's 
one of the biggest reasons does why Russell Wilson isn't there anymore. Yeah, he does. Or does he throw the ball at the goal line? Well, I, I mean, that's a <laughs> joke that's five years too old. But the point is, Geno Smith, is he going to really be able to support those wide receivers and then Noah Fant? Okay. I don't know. Dan, let's hear your thoughts. Let's break it up. What was your logic? Okay, so I mean, we've we've obviously discovered that tight end is not exactly the situation that I want to be in, even with yeah. some of the depth I have. It's not flashy. It's not cute. It's not great. But with that being said, I address my biggest issue on my roster to be competitive. I only have to only have to survive one week in week eleven with Noah Fant being gone. Mm-hmm. Noah Fant. Let's see. Here, I'm looking. He missed one game last year. He missed two games in 2020, and in 2019, he missed a game. So in three years, he's missed four games for an impact-heavy position. He was tight end nine, or he was tight end 12 last year in PPR. Mm -hmm. None of my shit actually updates when I click some of this stuff. But anyways... I he's a young guy, which means that, yes, I give up a first round pick. Yes, it's Kevin's, which, depending on what Kevin does, could be could be rather interesting to get Noah Fant is how I look at this trading three, four to get Nick's. Twenty three, three third round pick, which is arguably going to be three one at that point in time, which means Mm -hmm. I come out of the gates at three one ready to pick from seeing players play. No, I'm not three one. Hey, there's no way in fuck. I am worse than Hendrick or Steve. Steve. Oh, no, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be 3-1. Okay, all right. No, Dan's like way, Mr. Bullpock. Herbert will outscore like. both no, those teams combined. I know, I know, it, it's true. But, so, even at 3-3, three, three, it's one step, it's one pick closer in a better draft than what I'm picking at now. So, if you want to nitpick the fact that I moved up one spot in the third round, and get rid of a first-round draft pick to pick up a top 10 tight end. I mean, go ahead and fucking try and crucify me here, but I address the worst position on my roster. I give myself additional points comparatively. I I like it. I don't think I over. I don't think I I, I overpaid, but I don't think it's nearly as drastic as what you're going to tell me it was. I mean, here's my thoughts on it is like, yes, unquestionably, tight end was the biggest hole in your roster. And yes, Fant probably fits maybe the the mold that you want to go with, like a younger tight end option, um, you know, that can kind of go with the core that you're building. So that all makes perfect sense. The problem is like, there's not a trade calculator that you can find that's close to justifying like this trade. Um, and that's like just the biggest thing for me is like any trade that you not saying trade calculators are like the be all end all, but like they're a pretty good, you know, gauge of value and talent. And anytime that you like just punt that value in a trade for a player that just isn't proven to be, I don't know, dominant, like fans like is still betting on upside. Like the difference between like this back end of like the top 12 tight ends, which Fanta has consistently shown in his career thus far, like, it doesn't really impact things like the guys that Nick just passed on over fans. Like they're going to be right next to each other. And some of those guys could probably be had maybe cheaper than Fant, especially if I would have maybe continued on the list. Um, so for me, Fant, I just, I don't see a world that this trade 
costs justified acquiring him. I mean, like how many, in my mind, like there's not many tight ends in the league that are worth the first round draft pick. And Fant in my mind just isn't at that point. Could he get there? Potentially. But I think you paid like the cost of what you hope that he becomes. And I don't think there's any chance that Fant could really supersede those um, like expectation of that price. Like what you paid now is probably going to be cheaper than what he'll probably cost in like five months. So, I mean, if you're happy, you got your guy, that's, you know, all that matters. But for me, I think it's, it's a really, really strong overpay. And it's, I, I think just because of the value lost in the trade, I think it could be one that you maybe aren't the happiest with. See, down I, the line. I, and I think I'm, I'm going to completely disagree with that. Okay. I get a very athletic, very large tight end who who's his, he's going with his starting quarterback to a different offense. So you're automatically going to have pieces. Drew Locke isn't going to be the starting quarterback. Drew Locke 100 percent is going to be the starting quarterback. Okay. All in all indications report that if he recovers from COVID, he will start week one. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's everything I read says that Drew Locke is night and day ahead of Geno Smith in that offense. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I'm not sure if I'm reading the same things, but sure, let's we'll go with that. I mean, and if Drew Locke has that chemistry and support, it's going to a, a a nervous or younger or awkward quarterback, which Drew Locke is. And I'm just going to full transparency. I was I rode Drew Locke hard a couple years ago, last year maybe. I don't know which year it was. It was last year. Um, about he's going to be able to, to support a big offense. He was able to support a decent offense, not a large offense. But Drew Locke did not have a bad year last year. And when I say it, and I, damn it, of course, I pulled Tyler Lockett just to piss me off with that. Um, obviously missed a bunch of time or didn't start because Teddy Two Gloves was there and everything. But I, I see potential here. And this is buying youth to do it. I mean, there I, I, here's where I'll go with this. And this is where I'll probably die on my hill with this. We, you don't, tight end talent kind of develops. Tight end talent is not drafted. You know what I mean? No. So if you, okay, what, I don't what outside of Pitts, but yes. Kelsey was an unknown. Mark Andrews was the second tight end drafted. Gronk was the second tight end drafted on their teams that year and they look at them. So hitting a tight end early, I would agree with Dan is super unlikely, which goes back to my fourth round. All you do is draft tight ends. Yeah. So, so I if agree. I can, so if I can find an opportunity where I see characteristics in a tight end that I like, that I think are reliable, I am hard pressed not to try and improve my roster. Is he worth a first round draft pick? No, I will 100% agree with that. That 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 I will give you. But in my situation with where I sit in my division, he gives me the ability to compete and compete now with the roster. I think I have the ability to put forth on the table week in and week out to make the playoffs and be good with it. I had two first round draft picks in 2024. I didn't see the harm in moving a piece of it to be able to get something that makes me better in the here and now for doing what I think my team needs to do. And if you're still listening to this fucking rant 
after a little bit and you haven't fast forward, God bless you. And that brings up a valid point. It's availability. I am the only person who had a young top 12 tight end available. That was my price. Yeah, I mean, kudos. But just because that's the only option, I don't think that means you need to do it. Like, we see time and time again, teams that I think, and now that this was an entirely all-in move, but make a move to try to win or justify it when they're in the stages of rebuilding and it backfire. Um, you know, I think we actually talked about probably about a year ago this time, you know, Armand making the trade to get Terry McLaurin moved to first. And I think some people on here were a fan of it. Like it just not, you know, it was an aggressive move that I think put Armand back a little bit. And I think this is a move with Dan. I think it's going to put him back. Like, sure. You really want to get a tight end. You're steadfast on it. Fant, yeah, he probably was maybe the only option that fits your criteria, but just because you could doesn't mean you should. I mean, you could have drafted like Greg Dulcich or uh, Jelani Woods and traded your first round pick for like a flex at wide receiver and probably be in a better position than you are today. Or you could have just sat on the pick and still taken a tight end with the third round. We obviously disagree. Um, ben, I do want to say one thing. Go for it. His love for Drew Locke supersedes any love I had for <laughs> Sam Darnold. Well, that's I, a fact. Yes. Let's okay. let that be known. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm really not seeing like Drew Locke, like the buzz that you're seeing. If anything, I think it's going to be Gino. And if it's not Gino, I think it's going to be Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo because the Niners are going to release him and he's going to go to the Seahawks just to be a dick. But that's a prediction for another day. Do you really um, think that, that, that this is just to go to the Jimmy conversation? You think that's where they're at? I mean, I don't. If someone was going to trade for Jimmy, wouldn't they have done it by now? Like, we're at like the last preseason game, and like Jimmy's not even at the facility. Like, he hasn't apparently even got out of the playbook this year, if you believe that report. Like, I think he's going to get released personally, but what do I know? It's, a, um, it's an interesting situation there. Dan, I'll give you the last thought on the trade since this is polarizing and you are on the receiving end. I mean, at the end of the day, I got better, whether you want to view it. Yeah, that's true. You know, that, that's, that's, just, that. that's just the underwhelming piece of story where I have this. And when I look at my team and the options that I had and everything, it's just where I know that deep down I had the ability to make myself better. Trey McKitty is not going to be my answer. As much as I love Adam Troutman, Jameis Winston is not a tight end friendly quarterback and that's just kind of where it comes to gerald everett is an interesting piece but where does herbert's alliance lie he's got two really good wideouts and a very heavy pass catching back hayden hurst is filling in for um tj uzoma hurst has i think hurst has a bigger boom potential but i don't think it's going to be reliant which is where i think i solidify myself and austin hooper just went to fucking die in tennessee with that <laughs> i think this puts me on average probably three to four points a week better than my current situation and three to four points a week is i feel a lot of in our matchups make or break when you can with rough. some of the top team top tier teams and if i can put that on my roster week in and week out for a young kid that's 24 years old, I'll take it. 
here's my last or question, not really related to the trade, but just for the playoffs. You obviously felt very passionate that you're going to make the playoffs this year. After this move, I mean, in your mind is like, give us a percentage, like one to 100. How confident are you feeling about the playoffs? 80%. What were you pre-trade? 65. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the rookie draft, and we'll go over the third and fourth round. Um, uh, 3.1, Mr. Chris Hambook was on the clock, and he took Tyler Algier, running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Anyone have any thoughts on this one? Go ahead, Ruth. A little bit of a surprise, but, you know, I kind of talked about how I figured a running back would go first. Last pod, I just didn't see this one. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a good situation. I mean, there's really no running back there besides Cordero. The offense is in pretty much complete rebuild. Yep. Which I guess isn't great. But I just don't know if running back was the right move for Chris's roster. They don't last long. Could have got done a Hail Mary on one of the wide receivers. There's a few day two wide receivers left. But I don't hate it. I don't love it. I I don't think we see Cordero Patterson do what he did last year. And when Cordero Patterson doesn't do that and Damian Williams isn't explosive, at this point in time, what do you have to lose to give a young rookie running back the ability to make something happen? I think there's a ton of upside with this pick. Um, but you have a lot of question marks on the offense in general and how it's going to be able to hold up with potentially Marcus Mariota. If Desmond Ritter begins to take over, do we lean on the running game a little bit more? Um, it's an interesting pick. It's a, I think it's a high upside pick. I don't necessarily love it, but I don't hate it. Yeah, I agree. It's an upside pick. Um, but staying power does he have it it's a fifth round draft pick you know this team is filling in all the holes you know they're drafting premier talent um at the playmaking position with kyle pitts and drake london i mean who's to say next year that they're not drafting you know a quarterback at top five and in the second round like they're drafting a i don't know jimmy gibbs or something like i don't know i don't love this pick to be honest All right, 3.2, I was on the clock, and I took Brian Robinson, running back for the Washington Commanders. Nick? Or Dan? I'll I'll start here. Yep. Um, Had he been on the clock at 3.4, my potential trade would have been different. Oh? You would have – you wanted Brian Robinson? Yeah. I I thought – I think his situation is very interesting. He handcuffs me. Yep. In the running game. So, yes, I would have been very hard pressed to pass up on a handcuff at three, four for a guy that has had injuries with Antonio Gibson. Um, so I, I like this pick personally. Thanks, Dan. Appreciate that. Nick Ruth, what are your thoughts? I mean, there's two running backs that are getting by far the most camp hype. Brian Robinson and... Isaiah Pacheco? Pacheco, I think. Pacheco is correct. Roll roll your dice. Pacheco's arguably, no, not arguably, has the better offense. Robinson probably has the better chance of actually being relevant for your team. It makes sense. And we'll see. 
that Washington Redskins or whatever the Washington Commanders team now. You it's such a hot mess that they've been trying to bench Gibson for like two years, but he's been killing it. They can't find a quarterback. They can't really find an offense. The whole franchise. I mean, they're virtually the new Browns. Yeah, the the Antonio Gibson hate right now, which I'm very much feasting on, is the exact same hate that the Eagles have. I'm not. Yeah. I, that, I mean, like, correct me if I'm wrong, right? No, it's. I mean, it is very interesting when the fantasy community is like a hundred percent like the a different way than the NFL community. But you're absolutely right. I mean, between Gibson and Miles Sanders, like everyone's like, what the hell? Just give that person the ball. And for so whatever reason, hate. the coaches. You know, in this case, multiple coaches for those teams have like been like, nope, we don't like them. So it's very interesting. I guess the fans don't know everything. Um, but yeah, I like Robinson's upside. Um, I think third round draft pick. It's got good capital. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he could be something in rise. Um, I thought when I looked at the third round, there were eight players that I thought were really just like, I don't want to say head and shoulders above everyone else. But I just really liked their, whether it was their draft capital, their situation, camp hype, team, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Robinson was the first of actually the next eight picks were all the guys that I thought were the um, just kind of above everyone else um, and available player list. So happy to get him at 3.2. Um, all right. Jer's on the clock at 3.3. And he took the aforementioned Isaiah Pacheco. Um, definitely, I'd say safe to say the number one camp or buzz rookie um, at this point. Um, if we had a full four round draft back in May, he probably would have been undrafted. So nowadays I think he's going in the late second in some drafts, which is crazy. Um, Nick, why don't you talk about him? I know you were kind of hyping him up as your potential first pick in this third round last week or last episode. Yeah. I mean, the camp hype's real. You can't deny that. Um, Everyone knows the hatred everyone has for CEH, and Pacheco is the next, I guess, one to dethrone him, and we'll see. But for Jarrett, it makes sense. He's trying to compete. Running back's pretty bare. If he can get a home run on a third-round pick that becomes the RB1 on Kansas City Chiefs, you got to do it. Yeah, I would agree with that. CEH, God knows what happens. This is the enigma there. Jarek McKinnon has almost had every injury I think imaginable to a running back with it and is just a floating time bomb. So I think this is a, as much of a can happen and could happen as we can get um, along with Robinson. I think these are the two guys that I would have seen going one, two in this third round, um, but they, they fall one spot each arguably and you're in good shape. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm still just a little skeptical of him, but I mean, I think you just you can't ignore the hype. Um, everyone's really buying into him um, for Jer. It's, I think, really a no brainer, especially when you look at his team and just the, the chasm hole that he has really at his um, second running back uh, position. You know, this could help, you know, it could be a real plug and play option uh, if things break right for him. So I think this is a real strong pick for Jer. Um, at 3.4, Nick got this in the heavily debated previous trade, and he took Alec Pierce, wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts. 
Um, Nick, do you want to talk about him since you, know, you were very excited to get him in the spot? Yeah, I, I was baffled he was still available. I, I mean, he's looked great. His pedigree is great. He's decent draft capital. He's at a place that's pretty void of wide receivers. He's got great opportunity. And for a rebuild team to get a wide receiver that has some staying power is super exciting, especially this late. Let me just say, my third round for wide receivers is pretty on point. I had McLaren and Deontay Johnson, so watch Yeah, he is, he has a lot of upside. His landing situation is great. Matt Ryan likes to throw the ball. Um, the rest of the wide receiver crowd outside of Michael Pittman has been void, to say the least. Their wide receiver, too, has been Naeem Hines for the longest time and the fact that he gets into a really good situation with an older age quarterback that we know has the ability to throw the ball i feel good i, I really like this pick in this spot yeah he i mean i don't necessarily love him as a prospect but like he just checks so many boxes and the fact that he's available in the early third round um he was my second player available um behind brian robinson i think he just just because of everything that he checks, the draft capital, the situation, you know, the production, the measurables, like it might not work out, but he has everything like going like his way to potentially work out. So um, definitely makes a ton of sense for Nick. And I think it's a very strong pick here. 3.5, we have Kevin on the clock and he took Jalen Tolbert, Tolbert, Tolbert. I don't even, I like Tolbert, but it's probably Tolbert. Um, Jalen Tolbert. Uh, wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, let's start with you, Dan. Any feelings on this one? For right now, great landing situation. Um, yeah. Really sucks Michael Gallup's out on injury just because I'm an owner of him. Um, yeah, C.D. Lamb's there and everything, but is Lamb dealing with an injury? Yeah, he is. He has a toe injury. Um, so this is a situation where this young guy could step up right away. Outside of CeeDee Lamb there are, and Michael Gallup, there are no names on this fucking – or James Washington, I guess. But James Washington has issues with drops. So what mm-hmm. faith is going to be put in there? Um, I mean, the, their running back situation is, I think, a lot more interesting than their wide receiver situation. And I think it's because Tolbert has the ability to step up and – assist cd lamb and dalton schultz in this offense until we see a michael gallup come back then i think we see a backseat come to him um but gallup it, having the knee injury after with the acl we'll see kind of what happens with how quickly he gets back to the field but for right now week one happiness this is a really good pick for kevin hard to argue with that nick any feeling from your side on this yeah i mean it, it's an offense that throws the ball and he gets a shot at it for a third round pick, you can't ask for much more. Yeah, no, definitely is the right situation right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, situation, draft capital, makes complete sense for him to go right here. Uh, 3.6, Jerry's back in the clock, and he took, I mean, maybe the second, you know, camp darling right now, uh, Romeo Dobbs, uh, wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Nick? We'll start with you on this one. Any, how are you feeling about this one? It's a good pick. I was going back and forth, but I just couldn't pass up second round pedigree for a draft. Um, he's getting all the hype, but he's also getting all the hype because Watson's not practicing. Yeah. So you got to take that into account. 
Um, Rodgers was pretty glaring last week that his wide receivers suck and they need to get better. It was an interesting interview to watch. Um, So it's a little nerve-wracking. We already know Rodgers doesn't like really throwing the rookies as is. So if you get in his doghouse, it could be pretty rough. But again, he's getting so much hype. Something in the middle, maybe, and for a mid-third, that's a win. Yeah, I, I think the hype around this is is to be believed. Just just because, I mean, Alan Lazard. Okay, so let's start there. Wow, big name. And he's your number one guy. Randall Cobb is old as dirt. Sammy Watkins is a scrub. Christian Watson, I think, is going to have a, a big piece to it. I think this wide receiver core at the end of the day is Watson, Dobbs, and Cobb. I think Lazard does not live up to the hype that people Damn. want to give him credit to. I do not believe it. And Stefan, if you feel obligated to message me afterwards, go ahead. <laughs> but I will not buy into this Green Bay Packer bullshit. I think Lazard is a has been and never will be. I think that this is the first time we're going to see Aaron Rodgers really have to put faith in in his rookie wide receivers. Or he's going to lean the fuck on Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Yep, that's also the piece to it. We could watch Aaron Rodgers not have an MVP season, but if these young guys can produce, I don't think there's any reason that Aaron Rodgers can't make them great. Yeah, I I really like this pick for Jerry. I think, you know, I'll be honest, I wasn't thrilled with some of his earlier picks, but I thought this third round he really knocked out of the park. And it was as simple as just taking the best value of players available. Um, Hard to argue, you know, buying into the hype um, for these options, but it's the third round. So you, it's a real like minimal risk. Like if they, they back or backfire and don't work out um, Dobbs, it's interesting. I mean, with all the buzz, I'm, I'm a little skeptical that it's going to be like a neat um, start in the season, but I, I, you know, Rogers usually takes a little bit of time to just develop his wide receivers. So I think it could happen maybe down the line, but I'd be very optimistic about this um, if I had Dobbs on my team. So Good pick for Jer. Uh, 3.7, I'm on the clock, and I took Mr. Tyquan Thornton, wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Dan, since you have Mr. McCorkle Jones, what are your thoughts? Uh, Love Mac Jones. Love the fact that this kid was there. Hate the fact that he just fucking broke his collarbone. Yeah. He was going to start. He was going to be Devontae Parker, okay. Jacoby Myers, he has the the relationship with – from last year, Kendrick Bourne, he did. I thought this kid was going to be spectacular in this offense. I think this kid has some of the intangibles that you want to see from a young rookie wide receiver. And then you go and bust your collarbone, and Mac Jones is back with the original two in Devontae Parker. Um, I really like this kid. I thought it was a great landing spot. I thought this was a great steal for um, the Patriots to give Mac Jones additional weapons, kind of like what the Bengals did with Joe Burrow. But say uh, la vie. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. It's a little bit delayed. Uh, Nick, any thoughts? Yeah, it's just shitty luck, but I think he could be good down the road, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he was drafted in the second round, so, I mean, he's, again, like, out of any position in the, you know, dynasty between quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end, like, we constantly see these wide receivers that just fall, and it's just inevitable for obvious reasons. Like, quarterbacks are never going to fall. Running backs are going to get hyped up. And early drafted tight ends usually are going to just 
go when they go. So wide receivers, they can fall through the cracks. Um, Thornton, I don't know if he's going to be a stud, but again, like there's, you could do a lot worse than like a mid second round draft or mid to late second round drafted wide receiver um, in the late third round. So I'm pretty happy with it. Um, I'm back on the clock again at 3.8, and I took Mr. Tyrion Davis-Pierce, running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Nick, let's <laughs> start with you. Any any thoughts? So about four people in front of him will get injured in week one. They'll show up, <laughs> do some cool things, then get injured. And then the rest of the season, they're going to just trade off getting injured. That's usually how it goes for the Niners. A Niners running back is you plug and play, even if they're running back five, unless their name is Sermon. <laughs> so, I mean, with what's available, what's there, your team running back, it makes sense, but he's going to be buried on the depth chart pending injuries, which for the Niners always happens. I think Nick said it the best. I mean, it's you really like the fact that you like the player. You hate the fact that you fucking have to watch shenanigans on bullshit happen to get him an absolute shot at this. Um, it's this is like drafting a Patriots running back. It's hopes and prayers, and you never know what the fuck's gonna happen or what the hell the coaching staff is gonna ride that week. So it is Godspeed, good luck, and yeah, that's about what I got there. Right. Yeah, no, I I mean, I think when you look at running backs, I mean, a Niner running back, it doesn't matter who it is. If he gets a chance, chances are he's not even he's not going to be just good. He's going to be a really, really good option at fantasy. So I don't know if t- uh, Mr. Davis Pierce is going to get the option or when he will. But when he does, you know, as long as he doesn't pull a Trey Sermon, knock on wood, um, I think gonna have a chance to really put up some points so in the late third why the fuck not and my last third round pick on 3.9 i took mr greg dolchik uh tight end for the denver broncos dan any thoughts on this one he's competing it's a it's a battle piece it's a they moved on from another guy to bring in him to compete to have a position with a guy that is bigger than he is so he's an upside he's definitely had more hype than a guy will cover in two picks um depth i yeah that's what i have i love the pick this is who i wanted to drop to 312 at the end of the second round i have been on him all draft season great opportunity even better now that Russell Wilson's his quarterback. Going into the draft, a lot of rankers had him as tight end one. So to get him this late is a godsend. And I was really pissed because there hadn't been too much hype. So I was thinking I had a chance at 312. But you got him. So I really like this pick. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Danny kind of, Sold it a bit low, but he moved on from Noah Fant. And now Mr. Greg Dolchik is competing with Albert O. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's a tight end, so you can't expect him to be a world beater year one. But 
hoping he shows enough. Um, Alberto, it seems like a lot of people are really, really eager about him. But like everything you read, it seems like, um, you know, Greg Dolchik is the one that the team seems to be very optimistic about. It's an entire new staff. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time we see the, the old guy pushed away for the new guy. So in my case, I hope that happens. All right, 3.10, uh, Steve is on the clock, and he took Hassan Haskins, running back for the Tennessee Titans. Dan, any thoughts? So their current running back is 6'3", 247. This guy's yeah. 6'2", 228. A little bit smaller, but has that intriguing downhill running build that you want to see with this. And if there's an offense that wants to run downhill, it's run by Derrick Henry. So if you can get a back that is comparable in the event that something bad should happen, great handcuff. And I I like Haskins in this offense. The His only fantasy relevancy is going to be how long Derrick Henry can stay healthy and can continue to do what he does. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see Henry, I mean, how he comes back because he did not look good in that playoff game. So everyone's assuming he's healthy, but wouldn't it be the first time a, a running back maybe took a step back and maybe Haskins can step in. Um, Nick, do you have anything to add on this one? I'm going to probably use this cap out a lot, but at this point it's pure dart throws. Um, he gets the backup running back to arguably the heaviest run offense in the NFL, maybe outside Baltimore. Yeah. And it's hard. I don't know, at least for me, that playoff game gauging Derrick Henry when Tannehill was horrible. Yeah. You could do 11 guys in the box, no problem. And Henry's coming back off an injury, it's just not going to bode well. So I'm not, not going to chalk up Henry as dust yet. But for Steve, I mean, it's potential points he could be getting, so it's interesting. All right. 3.11, Kevin is on the clock, and he took Jelani Woods, tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I don't even know. Nick, thoughts besides this dude's including the word start throw? Natch, nature. Yeah. He's like, Indy had one of the biggest tight ends in the NFL prior, and they drafted someone bigger. It's insane. So if he can just stand there and raise his arms in the end zone, he'll probably get a few touchdowns. Yeah, and especially since Drew Ogletree has torn his ACL. Like, this is setting him up to literally succeed out of his ass. And he just needs to not have fucking stone hands like... Um, Malali Cox? Well, no, I was thinking of the guy from fucking that started with Cleveland. Njoku? Yeah, Njoku. Like, if he, if he can like just... the highest it, paid tight end in the league, isn't he? He's up there. But I I mean, and he's bigger than fucking Njoku is. But Njoku had pass catching issues. Jelani Woods has pass catching issues. So here's hoping that he pans out. But I mean, from a physical specimen piece, you're right. 6'7, 253. 6'7. That's a starting shooting guard in the fucking NBA. And a big one at that. I mean, he's got all the upside in addition to being tall. He's like an athletic freak, you know, at six, seven, he ran like a, a four, six, 40, which is insane. Um, you know, over two fifty. Like six strides. It shouldn't be that hard. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's impressive either way. 38 inch 
vertical jump. Um, every year we see like the, you know, tight ends, like if you're going to throw dart throws, like betting on the insane athlete isn't the, the worst bet. So, I mean, we talked about it earlier with Pierce, but outside of Pittman, the pass catching situation is kind of wide open with the Colts. So Woods maybe has a chance to break out as a you know rookie, and that really could propel him to long-term success if he could do it, because we saw them last year draft Kylan Grayson, didn't really do anything. Moali Cox has kind of been meh, you know, maybe third time's a charm with Woods. 3.12, uh, Mr. Ruth is on the clock, and he took Khalil Shakur, wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. Nick, since you took this pick, where, what were your thoughts on it? He's been getting a lot of hype. Um, they've said he's pretty much beaten everyone out for the slot position on an offense that has a terrible history of drafting terrible running backs. I figured might as well get a piece that hopefully can grow with Allen now that I have two of the three pieces. We'll see if I hit one of them. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the big piece is you hope that one of the guys you draft in a star-studded offense is the guy and getting him at 312 to have an opportunity to be a Cole Beasley to love the slot like Josh Allen does is is a hope. And when you think about who you want to develop relationships with, is it this rookie wide receiver or is it 29-year-old Jamison Crowder? Chalk me up for the rookie all day. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely in a great position to succeed. Um, you know, it's end of the third round, so you can really go wherever you want. But fifth round draft pick, I mean, a f- senior wide receiver. I mean, historically, those guys don't pan out very often. But, I mean, again, if you're going to bet bet on, like, the, the guys that could just pay off, like, instantaneous and – you know, someone on the Buffalo's Bills offense is a, you know, pretty solid bet. So definitely a solid option here in the, the last pick of the, the third round. All right, let's move to the fourth round. And all responses, you have to make it in a sentence or less. Your thoughts. Sound good? Yep. Cool. That works. All right, Chris is on the clock at 4.1. And he took Keontae Ingram, running back for the Arizona Cardinals. Dan, go. This is a dumpster fire. Nick, go. Does he make the team? You stole my line. (laughs) And that's my sentence. You stole my line. All right. 4.2. Steve is on the clock, and he took uh, Valus Jones, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Nick, start us off. Early draft pick, wide receiver, could hit. Dan? This is a dumpster fire. Is this going to be your entire fourth round? Can we, like, response? Should we, like, record it and then make it sound like a robot's talking? No, I'll try and make it different each time. Okay, sounds good. No, I mean, hard to argue with a day two wide receiver, but God, the Bears suck. All right, 4.3, Nick Ruth is on the clock, and he took Cade Otten. Otten? Otten? Uh, Tight end for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Nick, how are you feeling? Gronk Jr. Dan? Small upside may not make it. Fourth round tight end dart throw. Uh, 4.4, I'm on the clock, and I took Sam Howell, quarterback for the Washington Commanders. I'll start it off. 
Actually, no, I won't. Nick, go. Taysom Hill 2.0. Dan? Uncertain of the future. Carson's been replaced two years in a row. Let's make it three. Uh, 4.5, Nick Ruth uh, took Kyle Phillips, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Go. Nick, Ruth, sorry. <laughs> Potential starting slot receiver. Dan? Derrick Henry plays, still plays football. Better than Traylon Burks? Question mark. Parentheses, JK, I don't believe this. Uh, 4.6, Stefan was on the clock. I'm not even going to try to pronounce this one. <laughs> no, you fucking need to. I, okay, okay. I've I've all set right. all podcasts waiting for this name to come up. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry who I offended saying that. But Stefan took uh, that person, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> Dan, <laughs> go. You said his name. I'm in. I'm done. <laughs> Nick? Do they even have a starting tight end? Austin Hooper. Okay, um, I own him. Um, my thought is, I like his name. Four dot seven. Armand's on the clock, and he took Kyron Williams, running back for the LA Rams. Uh, Nick, what are you your sentence on this one? Running backs get hurt. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Dan. He's a Notre Dame kid. Worse bets than a Rams offensive player. Uh, 4.8, Armand was back on the clock, and he took Daniel Bellinger, uh, tight end for the New York football giants. Dan, what are you thinking of this one? Okay. Nick, what are you thinking of this one? I really like what the Jets were building. I, we'll see. Wait, he plays for the Giants. 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 Oh, Giants. fuck. Too many drugs. There it is. Oh fuck. Yep. Daniel um, Jones is terrible. Seems penciled to be the starter. You can pencil all the shit you want in that fucking offense. It's still. Weren't you like adamantly supporting Drew Locke and Daniel Jones multiple times? I own Daniel Jones in the league, but I'm not too happy right. about it. Thank you for letting me live my fucking misery. All right, 4.9, I'm on the clock, and I took Jerome Ford, running back for the Cleveland Browns. Dan? Praying people get thrown to jail? All right, Nick? Running back four on the roster, maybe makes the roster. All right, and mine is bet on Browns running backs. Uh, 4.10, this one we could talk a little bit more in depth on. It doesn't have to be a sentence, but Nick Ruth is on the clock, and he took Isaiah Likely. Um, he's definitely splurged up the board of late. Um, tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I mean, Nick, we'll start with you. You, I don't know. like how, how are you feeling after last week's game and some of the hype that's come out for him? So I had seen some Twitter threads on him about two weeks ago and started paying attention mm-hmm. really like him, but him being buried behind Mark Andrews was always terrifying. He's living up to all the hype. He's looked incredible, but it's preseason. So it's a hell of a dart throw. And for him to be available this late, I was elated. 
after you passed on him at 4.3. So he. Well, that's because no one had heard of him. So you waited out of. So, okay, never mind. Uh, Dan, any thoughts? I mean, the preseason hype. I mean, he had. He played something like 16 snaps versus the the Cardinals, and he had like nine catches for 100 yards and like a touchdown. Like that's that's pretty good. How do you do? You, do you think there's anything here, or is this just random preseason dude going off that will produce nothing in the regular so I, season? So I was going to do this in one sentence, but I'll go in a little bit more in depth with that. Okay. Eight targets, 100 yards. If Baltimore has the ability to replicate the Aaron Hernandez, Rob Gronkowski tandem that was phenomenal in New England. Less murder. Yeah, less murder, 100%. Mm-hmm. They might have found themselves into a fucking offense where you don't know if run or pass is going to happen because there's two tight ends on the field. Yeah. This could be phenomenal for Lamar Jackson to become not the highest paid quarterback, but should he make more money than Kyler Murray? If he can make this situation work in a two tight end system, 1000%. I think this could be the blossoming piece to a offense that I think is very well run right now that could take a step forward if they use these two tight end situations to their advantage. Yeah, I mean, I just, I have no fucking idea, like, with some of this, like, preseason hype and, you know, what you believe and what you don't. I mean, like, last year, like, Tutu Atwell, like, led the preseason in receptions. I think Terrace Marshall was, like, top five in receiving yards. Those guys did nothing in the regular season. I mean, I'm not saying likely it's going to do nothing, but I just, I don't know. Um, I don't think I buy it just because it's so hard to imagine a tight end breaking out rookie year that's a late draft pick like him I think he was taken in the third or fourth round um but I don't know it was a fourth fourth round yeah I don't know I'm not sold but I mean you rather have your fourth round pick going crazy in the preseason than them not so um definitely worked out nicely since Nick's taken him so that's Always nice to see. Um, all right, back on the clock and with our one-sentence thoughts. Uh, with 4.11, uh, Jerry took Kelvin Austin, wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dan? Here's hoping. Nick? Mitchell Trubisky still is the quarterback. Steelers wide receiver's track record is good. And 4.12, uh, Chris, with Mr. Irrelevant, took Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Nick? He's still the Wisconsin tight end for my brother, and it's hilarious. <laughs> Dan? He fucking stole mine, and this pisses me off, because now i got to come up with something different, so I'm going to go with fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, poor Kevin. We all saw it coming, but it still was awesome to see. All right, so that was the draft. I mean, any surprises from you guys or just general thoughts? Um, how are you feeling about this class just as a whole, not just the third and fourth round, um, but, you know, everything as a whole um, as we go to the last week of the preseason and regular season uh, around the corner? Honestly, super underwhelmed. Um, you don't really, at least 
the little I've been able to pay attention, I've heard nothing of the first six wide receivers drafted besides they have asthma problems. Um, heard nothing of the running backs. Walker had a hernia surgery and oh, the fucker for the Jets or it did nothing. He had like seven carries for one yeah, yard or some shut shit. Shut up about my running back. It's the quarterbacks are <laughs> god awful. It, Take my running back's name. It's going to be a, a rough, rough season. And I had a lot of picks, which is depressing. So definitely underwhelmed. Um, okay. Now I feel better that I've got that on my chest. Um, I, it's hard to argue. There is, we came in with a lot of the down hype that was this draft. And I think there's, I think you can raise a lot of question marks in the second, third, and fourth round of this guy hindsight three years from now, how did he fall to the third or fourth round? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of intriguing places that people have landed. There's a lot of intriguing upside that some people are getting. Can they live up to the hype is going to be the overwhelming question and i don't think there's a lot of excitement to be made or to be had but at the end of the day there is some hope and faith that these guys that have draft picks will make this draft potentially become one of the more exciting surprising drafts that we can have yeah, for me, I mean, I I really I like this draft class going in um, with the assumption that I thought it was deep. And I thought while the top end of the draft isn't amazing, I thought like the talent after that was solid. Um, Nick's kind of right. I mean, the talent after that, you know, after the first round or first pick, kind of been quiet or, you know, not great. Um, so that's been interesting to see. Um, you know, we'll see how that translates. Um, but I think, you know, the second half of this draft and just some of the later picks, I think are showing a lot of potential. So um, maybe this is just a case of, you know, who knows what the early guys, but maybe the the late round guys kind of blossom and we see a few guys hit. Um, but I'm still optimistic on things, but I'm glad I didn't have early draft picks this year. That's all I'll say. Um, all right. Last thing uh, we'll talk about is the rule change that Sam proposed um, swapping from um, on the old format, interceptions were minus two points to quarterbacks. But if a quarterback threw an intercepted pick six, they had an additional minus four points. So that was a total of minus six then for a pick six. Um, so Sam proposed that we just change it to everything being minus two. And that ended up passing. So going forward this year, we'll have that change um, in the scoring system. Um, does any any of you guys have any thoughts on that um, or want to share how you voted um, yeah, for it? Bullshit. When I was competing and actually had a chance at winning, I had Baker Mayfield. who threw him like they were going out of style. <laughs> um, I t- Otherwise, I voted I'm, for it. So I, I'm not sure how I voted, to be full transparency mm-hmm. and everything like that. But... Sitting here having two drinks in my system and having looked at the future, I think it should have fucking stayed. If you're one of, if you want to be a fucking dumpster fire and start some shitty SQBs and how things happen, you should pay the price. 
And yep. if you're shed, shedding points, you should be able to do that. And this, it's arguably the worst pass you can throw in football for most of these situations. And it's a defense that this is our way of having defenses be relevant in this league. I well, I really like where it was, but I'm not sure how I vote. All right, I'm going to rebuttal. It takes out randomness. Like if your wide receiver does an out route, bobbles it, and the cornerback takes it and runs into the house. You just lost six points because the wide receiver is a dumb fuck. Yeah. That's ridiculous. We want to try and take out as much randomness as you can in a game of randomness. And I'm I upset you didn't use the word dumb fuckery. Well, yeah, but it's, it's just dumb luck most of the time. Yeah, your quarterback can throw a really bad route that gets undercut and run to the house. Sure, it happens. But terrible quarterbacks, a.k.a. Mitch Trubisky, in his career has never thrown a pick six. It's just dumb luck. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree with um, Nick's approach on this. Um, I don't... Yeah, I mean, I don't... I didn't love the... the um, this the scoring system or the scoring stat to begin with. Um, so I agree. Dumb luck. Get it out of here. Um, glad to see it passed. Um, I was I, I haven't been bored enough to see if this change impacts any like of our prior results for the first three years. Um, would be interesting to see if that is the case. I don't even know how many pick sixes are thrown on average from well, Baker had like six of them in the year I took second place. So that's fun. Is that are you like exaggerating or is that true? He had six of them. He had close to six. It was insane. I think he had two in one game at one point. <laughs> oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, I mean it'll be interesting to see um how that change impacts things, but sorry that it didn't work in your favor, Dan. It'll be I mean, funny when it turns out that you voted for it. It'll be what it'll be, but for the record, just because I believe in this, who has the most pick sixes in a season? Of all time, oh, you can. So I, I'll say, I'll say in a season, right now, just because I have it broken down by season. Crazy wow. enough, the same player has the most in both categories. I would assume Brett Favre. I'm gonna say Stafford. So Stafford led in 21 and 22, or I'm sorry, 21 and 20 with seven. Jameis Winston. In 2019, had, had seven pick sixes in a Good season. Lord. Seven pick sixes. So that's that's the most. Wow. Um, at least he's got eleven I, on his career and seven in one season. That's absurd. Yeah, but Matthew Stafford in 2021 threw four for the Rams, and in 2020 threw three for the Detroit Lions. But in one season, Jameis Winston in 2019 threw seven of them. You that was a fun fact. Yeah. Josh Rosen has five. <laughs> and he doesn't even play football. <laughs> Did it like Peterman have like three and like one half? That I'm unsure of. When he played for like the Buffalo Bills like that one well, week. He's and got then... a three career ones. I, I want to say that happened in one half and it was like the most incredible thing. I think thing I played that defense that week in our redraft league. Because I remember like, yeah. <laughs> Peyton Manning in 2001 threw six of them. He ranks number two on that list. Jesus. All right. Well, what do we learn? Doesn't do much. Yep. It's, it, it is very random. Um, so, yeah. Glad that rules changed. Um, if anyone ever, you know, wants to change a rule, 
Um, you can definitely bring it up. We can talk about it and vote on it whenever. Um, pending like what the rule change is, it might be slightly delayed, but it can be implemented. You know, not not afraid to implement changes. But on that note, we're it's done. Been a blast. It's been a blast. We're done. Um, probably next week we'll be back, maybe talking about some teams, some projections, um, and yeah, and then the regular seasons here. Yeah, we are just what two podcasts away from starting Pick'em Seven with Ruth coming back into the field and living the dream from there. Hell yeah! Until next time, gents. Adios. <laughs>